Today's episode of Locked On Blackhawks is brought to you by Built Bar, the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Make sure to go to BuiltBar.com right now and use our promo code LOCKEDON in all caps and you'll get 20% off your next Built Bar order. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Today is Monday, January 18th, 2021. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can find me out on Twitter at JackBushman2, or you can also check out my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talkin' Hockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. If you like what you're hearing today, then be sure to subscribe to the podcast for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts whether that be through Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, etc., you'll be able to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. Also, please be sure to follow the Lockdown Blackhawks Twitter page at capital L, capital O, underscore Blackhawks, with some really good content being posted there every day as well. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. Happy Martin Luther King Jr. Day, a great day in history to celebrate a great American hero. But I'll tell you what wasn't great, ladies and gentlemen, and that was the Chicago Blackhawks over the weekend. Lots to unpack here. Of course, the Hawks had two games over the weekend down in Florida. The first was their second of the two-game series against the Tampa Bay Lightning to open the season. That came on Friday. And then on Sunday, the Hawks were down in Sunrise, Florida, to take on Joel Quenville and the Panthers. And unfortunately, both contests wound up in multi-goal losses for the Blackhawks. <laughs> and they're now 0-3 to start the year. And while, yeah, it, it was likely that it was going to be rough out of the gate with the defending Stanley Cup champs for the first two games and... Uh, you know, a four-game road trip to start the year. Even with all that, it's probably been still a bit uglier than expected so far. I mean, the Blackhawks have yet to play with the lead through 180 minutes of play. Their goaltending has not been very good. They've allowed five goals in each of their three contests so far. The offense hasn't been consistent at all up to this point. The Hawks have been outscored 15-5. to so there's just a lot going wrong right now and a lot to be concerned about here, even though it is just three games into the season. And all the issues I just talked about were things that sort of could have been predicted coming into the season. I talked many times about how, with the lack of experience in net, that there was a high probability that the Blackhawks would be allowing, you know, four or five goals per game, especially because... Their defense didn't get all that much better in the offseason, which we're also seeing right now. Um, and then without Doc and Taze, the offense has been lackluster to say the least. The bottom six is yet to record a goal. It's really been the power play in the top line doing all the work for the offense. Other than that, uh, the Hawks can't get anything going in their own zone. It, it's really just been a nightmarish start here to 2021. But... There is a but coming after all of that, but uh, I will say it's still too early, you know, to hit the panic button and, and start resetting everything because, 
you know, let's say with a victory tomorrow night against the Panthers, then the Blackhawks, they're at 1-3 heading back to the United Center for a couple of winnable games against the renewed rival Detroit Red Wings. And then who knows, you know, maybe they're able to steal a pair or win one and just get some some momentum back in their favor. Um, but the point being, three games, even in a 56-game season, it's too early to start blowing things up and start making major changes here. And don't forget that training camp, it was only a week long and there weren't any preseason games. So guys are still, they're still rusty, really trying to figure it out. And they don't have any way to hide it right now because there's no preseason games. So keep all of that in mind. Give it some time. And hopefully this thing can get figured out before the record starts taking, you know, a real big hit here early on. But let's get into how the Blackhawks got off to this 0-3 start. Going back to Friday's game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, a couple of exciting notes in this contest. First, Colin Delia got the start in that after Malcolm Subban got the go in the opener, and it was Delia's first NHL start in nearly two years. And also, Blackhawks forward prospect Philip Kirishev made his highly anticipated NHL debut and slotted into the lineup on the Hawks' second line for Brandon Peary, which... Wasn't too big of a surprise. That was something I talked about in Friday's episode uh, that Kirishev could be making his NHL debut and sliding in for Peary. So a bit of a new look here for the Blackhawks after a tough 5-1 to loss to open up the year. Trying to, you know, change things up a little bit and hope for a little bit of better results. But unfortunately, not much changed on Friday in terms of the final results. Instead of a 5-1 to loss, this time it was 5-2. to But the Blackhawks put up a much better fight here in round two against the Lightning. They were haunted by a horrendous 10-15 to minute stretch like they were in round one. But overall, their play was much better. And they actually hung around with the champs despite being heavily outgunned. As I said though, there was about that 10-minute stretch early on in the second period where things began to unravel for the Blackhawks. And against a team as good as the Lightning, those kinds of lapses and mental breakdowns, they, they just can't happen. And it sucked because they played so well through the opening 20 minutes. The game was tied nothing nothing through the first period. The Hawks had the lead in shots on goal 13-10, and they were actually looking like a capable hockey team. And then... Delia blows a tire in front of the net, and it's one and nothing. Two minutes later, a couple of Ian Mitchell turnovers, and Kaloran roofs a shot to make it two nothing. Coleman redirects one in to make it three nothing, and at that point, the game feels already over. It feels like it's five to nothing against that kind of squad. So really, right there in the opening minutes of the second period, the Blackhawks had already lost because you know they shot themselves in the foot. They did make it. A close game, though, which was nice to see. There was some life and, and some fight in the boys. Uh, DeBrinket got it going by scoring a goal backdoor on a nice feed from Strom on the power play to make it 3-1. to one. And then less than two minutes later, DeBrinket made another nice play. He recorded his second point in just a couple minutes by setting up Kaner in front for a classic backhand goal top shelf from number 88. And just like that, heading into the third period, the Blackhawks were back in business down just one goal. And they looked like they had some momentum in their favor finally. But as we now know, they weren't able to take advantage of that opportunity. Tampa 
went on to score the next two goals to seal the deal 5-2. And just like that, the Blackhawks fell to 0-2 to start the season. But again, against the defending Stanley Cup champions, that wasn't much of a shocker to see, even as disappointing as it was, you know, um... Against Tampa Bay, I don't think anyone really had the Blackhawks winning either of these games. It would have been considered a huge steal to come away with a victory down in Tampa for the Hawks. But I think what was disappointing, though, was just the lack of consistency, especially in net and on defense. There have just been a lot of flaws so far, and a lot of them were uh, once again on display in Sunday's matchup against the Florida Panthers. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I will break down said game against former Blackhawks head coach Joel Quenville and the Florida Panthers. But first, I need to talk to you all about betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts, and be sure to use our promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, and you'll receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Are you ready for some football? The NFL playoffs are heading into the conference championships. College basketball is closing in on March Madness. NHL hockey has returned. The sports world is absolute madness right now. And there is only one place that has you covered for all your betting needs and one place that we trust, betonline.ag. You can also visit the Lockdown Podcast Network's exclusive partner on social media, at betonline underscore ag to take advantage of the best bonuses in the business. Sign up for a free account and be sure to use the promo code LOCKEDON, one word in all caps, to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. It's your online sportsbook experts. It's betonline.ag. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for listening today. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Be sure to check out my personal Twitter page at JackBushman2 and my Blackhawks Twitter page at TalkinHockey for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. Also, be sure to subscribe and to follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free wherever you may listen to your podcasts and also on Twitter to get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. All right, I just finished up recapping the Blackhawks' 5-2 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning on Friday night. Now, moving on to their matchup last night against the Florida Panthers, and this was actually the Panthers' first game of their season, by the way. They were originally supposed to open up their year against the Dallas Stars. However, word came out last week that Dallas had at least 17 confirmed COVID cases throughout their training camp, meaning they weren't able to start on time as a result of all of that, which really put the Panthers in a tough spot. Kind of sucks that their players and their fans had to wait a couple of extra days to kick things off. You know, just watching the rest of the league going insane over hockey being back and their team starting starting back up. That would have been like getting teeth pulled for me if that happened for the Blackhawks. I would have been so antsy. Um, But in this game against Florida, we saw the Hawks roll with the same lineup they went with on Friday in Tampa, including Delia back in net. So 
Looked like Colleton thought Delia was the better of the two goaltenders based on their first starts. At least that's that's what I would assume based on this decision. And I mean, there's logic to back that thought up. You know, besides that horrendous first goal in uh, the second game on Friday against Tampa Bay, Delia was he was pretty solid in that start. So I thought this was a fine decision here, and I also liked the decision by Colleton to keep Kirishev in the lineup. He looked really good on Friday and. He had some prime scoring opportunities that just got stopped by, you know, the brick wall that is Andre Vasilevsky. Uh, and again, with the position the Hawks are in right now, Kirishev should be in the lineup every night. It, it just makes sense in this rebuilding process for him to be in there. So I like what Colleton has going with the lineup right now, but unfortunately it didn't lead to any better results here last night as the Hawks again lost by a score of 5-2 to two and... They were not able to hold a lead at any point for the third consecutive game, ladies and gentlemen. That's a problem. Uh, it did look like they finally got a lead early in the first period when Pia Suter made that incredible spinorama play in transition with Patrick Kane. Uh, unfortunately, though, that goal was called back after being ruled offsides. Panthers head coach Joel Quenville gave it a challenge and uh, won it, and Kaner... He talked, Q talked about after the game that Kanerish kind of shot him a, a look during the second period after challenging that. So, unfortunately, the Hawks weren't able to jump out to uh, an early lead. And I think that's, that's really what cost them in this contest because it was exactly, basically, Friday and Sunday, ladies and gentlemen, they were perfect mirrors of each other. The Blackhawks, they came out and they had a solid first period in both of them. Last night, even though they were outshot 11-5, they looked pretty good in the opening 20 minutes. They didn't give up many high-danger chances, and they looked pretty fluid as a group. And, and the same could be said for Friday night against Tampa Bay. Both contests had, uh, were nothing-nothing coming out of the first period. But then, the opening minutes of the second, it's what did the Hawks dirty in both games. And last night, just 12 seconds in, Duncan Keith turns the puck over behind the net, and Aaron Ekblad just fires one on cage, and it takes a crazy redirect past Colin Delia and into the net, and then after allowing that first goal, it seemed like the Blackhawks and Colin Delia, they just went into full scramble mode and forgot how to play hockey a little bit. That second goal they allowed last night was super ugly. Basically, the Panthers were just, they were like playing pinball back and forth, you know, just passing the puck wall to wall looking for a one-timer. And finally, Delia lost his net. He got tangled up in front with a defender and with a, a Blackhawks, Blackhawks D-man and whatnot. And he was like 10 feet outside of the paint. And then Keith Yandel corralled the puck at the half wall, just turned around and fired into the open cage. Probably one of the easiest goals he scored in his NHL career. Uh, and, and then it was 2-0 Panthers. So once again, just like a 10-minute stretch where the Hawks really put themselves in a bad position for the rest of the night because after that, you have to play such a clean game in order to win. And with this roster, that's, that's probably easier said than done. Um, but again, what I like to see was that the Hawks, they were able to put up a fight. They didn't give up, and, and they battled back to make this a game. Uh, and for a third game in a row, the power play opened up the scoring for the Blackhawks. Alex Dabrinkit again got it going, uh, got the Blackhawks on the board. Great slap pass by Duncan Keith, his coveted move up at the blue line, the fake slapper. 
pass right into the wheelhouse. Debrinket hammered it home for the one-timer. Uh, and then early on in the third, the Hawks were able to tie it up. Connor Murphy tied it 2-2 two two with a shot from the point. Uh, that beat Chris Dreiger, by the way. No Sergei Bobrovsky in net for the Panthers last night. It's a shame that the Hawks weren't able to fully take advantage. No knock on Dreiger. He was pretty good last year if you look at his numbers. Um, back to the game, though. <laughs> Murphy, he was able to tie things up here for the Hawks with a shot from the point. Keith picked up the primary assist, his second point of the game, and also... Pia Suter recorded his first career NHL point with the secondary assist, which that was much deser much deserving after uh, how well he's played to start the season. Probably should have had a point if Patrick Kane had not been offsides in, in that first period. So despite falling behind 2 to nothing, the Blackhawks, they were right back in this thing. But literally less than 30 seconds after Murphy tied it, he and Keith had a horrible breakdown in transition. That one was, was really more on Keith. Uh, and that gave the lead right back to the Panthers, and the momentum never swung back in the Hawks' favor. Two minutes later, Patrick Hornquist flicks. Uh, it seemed like a harmless what seemed like a harmless shot on net that it re-erected off Calvin DeHaan's stick and wound up going through Delia's five-hole. That made it 4-2. to two. And then later on, Jonathan Huberdeau sealed the deal on the power play following another Duncan Keith turnover behind the net. Not a great night for Keith and not a great third period for the Chicago Blackhawks. They had another opportunity to steal a game down in Florida, but instead... They couldn't capitalize and dropped their third consecutive game to open the season. All right, ladies and gentlemen, coming up in just a minute, I'm going to talk about some of my biggest takeaways from last night's 5-2 loss to the Florida Panthers. But first, I need to talk to you all about Bilt Bar, which is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. Bilt Bar has a ton of awesome flavors like banana bread, raspberry, toffee, almond, and they also have six new flavors, which are caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp, all of which, like the other 12 flavors, are covered in 100% real chocolate and are soft, easy to chew, and great for the keto diet. Not only are all the bars low calorie and low sugar, but they're also a great source for protein and fiber. So make sure to go to BuiltBar.com today and use the promo code LOCKEDON in all caps to get 20% off your next order. One more time, be sure to check out BuiltBar.com for a delicious and healthy snack option and use that promo code LOCKEDON in all caps for 20% off your next Built Bar order. This is the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. The 2021 NHL season is here, and for all the latest news from all 31 teams, be sure to check out the Lockdown NHL podcast. This week on Lockdown NHL, get ready for the start of the regular season with Sarah Avampato and the Lockdown NHL season preview series. Previews of all 31 NHL teams, division by division, and who to pick up and drop in your fantasy leagues courtesy of Lockdown Fantasy Hockey host Scott Cullen. Okay, I just finished 
recapping the Blackhawks' second consecutive 5-2 loss from over the weekend. Moving on now, I wanted to be sure to talk about some of the biggest takeaways from those games and what they mean for the Blackhawks and how they will go about business here in the next couple of weeks. So first, I think the picture in net, it's not become any more clear than it was just a week ago before the season had begun. Delia looked very fragile in spurts. There were just moments where he couldn't stay calm and the Blackhawks just kind of looked scrambly. And the same kind of happened with, with Subban in there as well. I don't think either did themselves any favors in their first starts of the season. And looking ahead to tomorrow's matchup with the Panthers, I expect Subban to get his second start here after Delia got the nod in both games over the weekend. And what I'm interested in is uh, seeing how Subban fares. It's going to be his second start, as I just said. And if he plays well, then, and if maybe, you know, the Blackhawks get their first victory, then I think Subban will have earned himself a couple consecutive starts in a row as a result of just that alone. But if he struggles, then I wonder if Kevin Lankinen comes in and gets his first NHL start in the home opener against the Detroit Red Wings. And I'm not ruling Lankinen out of this goaltender competition. He's actually my sleeper of the group. And if you've been listening to this podcast, you know that he's someone I've been high on for the last couple of seasons now. I think Lankinen could be good. So I'm interested to see what happens with Subban. And if he struggles, I'm interested to see if the Blackhawks go and take Lankinen off the taxi squad for a start in the next couple of days against the Red Wings. Another major takeaway from these games over the weekend was Adam Boquist. He has just not looked very good or very comfortable at all on the defensive side of things. He really looks the same as he did in the 2020 postseason against Vegas. Just, as I said, not comfortable and just getting outsized in his own zone. And as a result of his struggles last night, Boquist... He rode the bench for a pretty significant stretch at the end of the second period. And I think that might be foreshadowing a healthy scratch here in the next couple of games. He just hasn't done anything to be impressive early on. I know he has two assists, but one came on Strom's lucky goal in the opener against Tampa Bay. And the other was a secondary assist on the power play. So don't be surprised to see Boquist scratched on Tuesday in favor of maybe Nicholas Bodan, Lucas Carlson, or, or even Wyatt Kalanuck. My third and final major takeaway from this contest is that Jeremy Colleton, he just continues to be stubborn. Like we saw at times last year, for whatever reasons, Colleton just refuses to give Dominic Kubalik the opportunities that he deserves. Kubalik, ugh, he's still does not see significant time on the power play. He really hasn't seen any time at all through these first three games. And he's averaging just 13 and a half minutes so far. And my question is to Jeremy Colleton, why? Why do you play one of our shining stars, one, one of our core pieces of this rebuilding process? And the very same guy who finished third in Calder Trophy voting behind only Kale McCarr and Quinn Hughes. He led all NHL rookies in goals last season. Why do we not give him the light of day? Why? Kubelik, ugh, I, I, especially on the power play. I, I don't know why, and that's Jeremy Colleton's thing right now. When Jeremy Colleton has been asked why Dominic Kubelik isn't playing all that much, he's responded by saying, oh, well, Kublik, he doesn't play much on special teams, and 
we've spent a lot of time in, in those departments through the three games to start the year. And, well, yeah, okay, I get that he's not playing on the penalty kill, but why isn't he playing on the power play? He's shown that he has a rocket of a one-timer, and few players in the entire NHL are able to do what he can on the power play. We saw it against Tampa Bay last season. He had a hat trick, a beautiful one-timer goal from the circle, and ever since then, it just seems like Jeremy Colleton completely forgot that happened, and um, he's just choosing not to use arguably the team's biggest weapon, and that's just blowing my mind right now. And this, as I said, this is something I've been critiquing Colleton about for a long time, going back to late last year and throughout the 2020 postseason. I was harping on him for not giving Kubelik the time he was deserving on the power play. And it's, you know, for a guy who's still so young and still developing his game, and Colleton, that's what he's known for. Colleton was supposed to come in and be the perfect guy to help develop all these prospects. And through three games, we're basically not even using Dominic Kubelik. And I thought this was going to be a huge year for him without Doc, without Taze. Ugh. So it's definitely disappointing to see that his lack of usage has been pretty minimal through the first three games this year. Um, and I'm definitely interested to see what Colleton has in store for Kubli going forward as the Blackhawks continue on here in 2021. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I think that will wrap up Monday, January 18th episode of Locked On Blackhawks. Thank you again for tuning into the show and be sure to subscribe and to follow the Locked On Blackhawks podcast for free right now on your favorite podcast app and you'll get the latest episode as soon as it comes out each day. And after the show, Ask your smart device to play the Locked On NHL podcast. The NHL regular season is underway, and the best way to keep track of it all is by subscribing to Locked On NHL. Local experts each week bring you the biggest stories, game recaps, and fantasy advice all in one podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL wherever you may get your podcasts. Once again, thank you for tuning into today's episode. I'm your host, Jack Bushman. You can catch me on Twitter at my personal account, at JackBushman2, or you can check me out at my Strictly Blackhawks account, at TalkinHockey, for all the latest Blackhawks news and updates. For any questions at all regarding anything related to the show, feel free to email LockdownBlackhawks at gmail.com. You can hit me on one of my Twitter accounts, or you can always call 708-653-0572 to leave a voicemail. So until tomorrow's episode, thanks again for listening to the Locked On Blackhawks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.